to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. Today we're going to be focusing on something that we all love and that is fast approaching. And I don't mean the World Cup because that will have finished by the time that this is released. But um, what are we going to be talking about today? Josh? I was trying to think of something to see what I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Christmas. We're going to talk about Christmas. Christmas! So, some people will listen, some people hate it. Some people don't even celebrate it. And that's fair enough. Yeah, it's not not a place for judge. We're not like your run-of-the-mill religious holiday Christmas lover either. Um, our Christmas tree has got black tinsel on it and Nightmare Before Christmas baubles. So, yeah, we're having a goffness. Well... <laughs> But we are quite festive at the minute. Um, we're hosting for the first time ever Christmas. So we've got a shit ton of lights. We look like we're in Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, we've got some tinsel. We've got a tablecloth that resembles the ones they used to use on wet play in primary school. Um, and we're drinking Prosecco, surrounded by a gingerbread candle. So it is quite festive. I'm just going to reiterate when you said wet place, that's really weird. Oh god, I didn't even um, think of I meant like when it's raining and you're doing something. Yeah, when it's raining, I see you do like arts and crafts in, in primary school or lower school or elementary school, I guess. My friend's a teacher and she said that um, when it's, um, I don't want to say wet play now, when it's raining outside and the kids have to take their lunch break inside, um, she said that they go hyper, like when they know the fourth that they're going to be playing inside during the school, they start, like, screaming <laughs> at the back of the class. Like, she said she'll be trying to teach them, and then one kid will just be like, Wah! at the back of the class because they can't in. They're so excited to get the sandpit out. <laughs> That's on a tangent. But, yeah, our tablecloth, our tablecloth resembles that. <laughs> and there's some more useful insights to our strange, strange lives. <laughs> So, I've got three stories today. I've also written a little bit of an intro too. Oh. So, filled with joy and laughter and time for loved ones, Christmas often holds a fond place in people's hearts. Those who are lucky enough usually spend the day eating far too much food, exchanging gifts and generally being merry. But as with most celebrated holidays, there is often a darker side to proceedings. The reason why we still carry out those traditions that on any other day, they would be considered absurd. Today, as we approach Christmas, we'll be exploring three age-old stories that will hopefully both enlighten you to other cultures and traditions, or will possibly stop you from sleeping tonight. <laughs> so the first one we come across is the Yule Cat. Do you know, before I say this, you know when you said about traditions and like dark traditions, mm. um, the Yule Log actually comes from like paganism, and so does the Christmas tree. So when Christians are saying, like, oh, witchcraft is horrible, witchcraft is scum, maybe they don't say that, but when they're saying it's bad, um, the Yule Log and the Christmas tree started in pagan tradition before it was taken over by Well, maybe you'd like to listen to the stories and the reasons behind them before you, you know, you'll come up with your pagan theories and whatnot. Oh, sorry. But I was just Jump saying... Jump into conclusions. I was just saying, I, that is where I... I'm a bit aware. I don't know about the Christmas stuff, though. I, I know this was your fourth, fourth day. 
That's what they're for. This isn't, this isn't how I live my life. I just look at like weird Christmas traditions and Christmas horror stories. No, but... Which there is a lot more than I thought there was, to be fair. I know there's a film. Um, I'm not going to mention it because I don't know if you spoke about it. Well, I, I definitely have because I know which, exactly which one you're thinking of. And yeah, I'm not, make, I'm not make your point it. briefly and uh, and we can carry on with the story. I was just going to say I know briefly about it, but I only know about it because of the film. Like, I don't know the origin or anything. So I'll let you carry it's on. It's the dirty Americanized version. Yeah, it's got the fella off in the office. No, something in it. Yeah. But we're not talking about that right now. What we're talking about that now the is the cat. cat. <laughs> I love a cat. Of course you do. As many of you be well aware from listening to our episodes, our cats like to make their presence felt by jingling their bells and Loki often likes to shout at us for absolutely no reason. Oh. But aside from the cute little creatures that we are accustomed to, there is more of a sinister tale that stems from Iceland regarding a black cat that only appears on Christmas Eve. It's Fifi. <laughs> it isn't Fifi. <laughs> now, this is a bit of a disclaimer as we go into these three stories. This one included, I will butcher some some phrases that aren't in the English language. Because we're uncultured swans. No, it's just I cannot pronounce these long, complicated words. If you can't pronounce them, then... <laughs> oh, I'm going to have a really good go at it. So, the Jolokatoran, or Yule Cat, is embedded in Icelandic folklore as a giant black cat that prowls the country once children have gone to sleep. This fashion-conscious feline is on the hunt, entering homes under the disguise of a normal-sized cat Searching through presents that have been left under the Christmas tree. Their search is for items of clothing, specifically bright, warm clothing that have been presented as gifts. Should Santa be so foolish as to not leave such a piece of clothing for the family to benefit from, the Yule Cat would then show its true colours. Morphing back into its original size, it is huge for sure, but nobody has ever been able to measure the creature due to what (laughs) happens next. The four-legged creature then approaches the bedroom of whomever was unfortunate enough not to get new clothes, and as the legend goes, the Yule Cat would devour them, abruptly and violently ending the Christmas festivities. How? By devouring them, like I've just said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, you, things usually end for you when you've been eaten. Yeah, but it's not anyone else's fault they could carry on the Christmas festivities. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the family would be quite sad that the, the other family members have just been eaten by a big cat. I'm sure they bought them clothes then. They would have liked them. The origin of the Yule Cat is a mysterious one, and you are likely to get a different answer depending on who you ask. One theory goes that the creature may originate from local troll folklore, as it is told that witches and wizards can conjure up animals of a similar description. Others believe that the big cat is centred around another Christmassy figure, Gryla. Gryla is said to be an ogress who only comes out around Christmas time. She is told to be the mother of the Yule lads, and is, has similar traits to a Yule cat in that she is infamous for murdering and eating children, mostly by cooking up a stew with the children as the main ingredient. Notably, Gryla has a Yule cat as her pet, so clearly the murderous tendencies seem to run in the family. (laughs) 
some have speculated that the Yulcat stories start in the Dark Ages, but the earliest written records of the creature seem to be around the 1800s. One major consistency with the stories is the Yulcat is hunting for victims without new clothing. One theory may be that the Yulcat is more of a motivator for the workforce, as the tradition goes that gifts of clothing were given by employers to their employees as a bonus if they had worked hard and completed their work before Christmas. In around the 1800s, tasks such as processing wool that had been cultivated in the autumn were likely time sensitive and this reward would be a way to get the workers to complete the task on time. Further to this was also the psychological instigator would be that should your work be lacking the desired result, you would not get the reward. That, and you'd also be eaten by a house-sized cat. What a way to go. But I think that makes sense that it might be the woman, because women like, not, I know men like clothes, but women are stereotypically like shopping, don't they? Do you know what I mean? So my theory on that one, is, I haven't, this isn't scripted, my theory from reading it is it's more of a it's based around the culture so it's Iceland it's very very it's cold, cold. Yeah. the the workforce thing it motivates the workforce you'll get a bonus of a new jumper boots whatever it might be yeah because that type of like winter boots are expensive yeah but this is around the 1800s where you probably made your winter yeah, boots yeah true you'd be okay though because every Christmas everyone buys you clothes that's the only time I get clothes <laughs> So we move on to story number two, which is going to be also butchered. Mary Loud. So it's M-A-R-I space L-W-Y-D. Is it Welsh? It's definitely Welsh. (laughs) Now, that span of time between Christmas and New Year is, as you may know, a certified wormhole. Nothing happens, you lose track of the date, and you eat a disgustingly large amount of chocolate. I love that time. (laughs) Well, in Wales, they have a completely disturbing yet somewhat amusing tradition to fill in that strange little gap of time. Visiting the houses of the locals, a brightly dressed being engrosses all those who answer their doors with a myriad of jingles and rhyme. Oh, and it just so happens to have a horse's skull for a face. What? (laughs) Written records of this tradition seem to date back to around 1800. Again? Again, yeah. (laughs) As part of the act, a small group of people will knock on the doors of the local town or village and engage them in a traditional Welsh songs and also some, this is a Welsh word again, P-W-N-C-O. Quinco? Quonco? P-W-N-C-O. Basically, this is essentially uh, saying rude rhymes back and forth to the people who answer the door. It's like some sort of competition of wit. And if the Mary Loud should win, they are led in, and it's said to bring good luck to the house for the upcoming year. <laughs> Often the people providing the music accompanying the Mary, which is not just me being like, oh yeah, me with their good mates and that. No, it's that's, oh, maybe. that stands for something in Welsh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Often the people providing the music and accompanying the Mary are rewarded with a festive treat of some kind which does go some way to explaining the origin of the phenomenon. It has been linked to other similar acts that have happened across the British Isle over the ages, namely the Huddening, which is found in the Kent area, or the Old Tup, which is located in and around Derbyshire. 
The crux of these traditions entailed those carrying out the entertainment aspect being rewarded with some type of payment. More often than not, this was food. One theory would be that in times of cold, harsh nights and limited work, this may have been one way for the local people to rally around and earn some food. Now, addressing the horse's skull in the room, there isn't actually a definite answer to where this comes from. Some argue that it represents the horse that was sent from the stables when Mary entered to give birth to Jesus in the Nativity story. Others believe its roots to be based on pagan or Celtic origins. I was going to say Celtic then. I thought it was Celtic. Like American. Oh, I say that. Celtic. Celtic, 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 I say. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's some people believe it's well, based say, on their origins. I say cemetery. And I say cemetery. But this believe its roots to be based on pagan or Celtic Celtic origins. While personally, I think it has a more rudimental meaning. The people carrying out this tradition were basically going around begging for food and payment for their entertainment. That would lead me to believe that they may not be the most affluent or well-off. More to the point, this tradition stemmed from quite rural villages in Wales, places where there isn't much around. So wouldn't it make sense if the skulls were used and decorated because that was sort of what was laying around? That was... Oh, so like they had nothing else? Yeah. The potential resourcefulness and entrepreneurial spirit of this tradition give it an appeal, and it would, it most certainly would be entertaining to see. But with no certainty as to why it happens, it would seem that Mary Loud is something that was done to keep the spirits high during bleak times, but also feed the entourage of the Mary. This tradition did see a bit of a decline in popularity during the mid-20th century, but is having a bit of resurgence in the rural communities, should you ever want to venture into Wales and have a horse sing to you. So is it... In every Welsh country, every Welsh like city, or is it just certain? It's not really the cities. It seems to be like the small the towns and villages. Um, it's it, uh, mostly now it happens in like the more, more rural places. Yeah. Um, generally for a sort of, it seems to be done for like charitable purposes to go around and they're talking to people, not yeah. talk to people, but they're going around the the brightening spirits, lifting spirits, and they might be collecting money for a charity. Well, or something. Around here, we get a Santa. Well, not around here. We're not posh enough. We're on a main road, but the side streets have um, a sleigh that comes round, and he's got like a tin of money for charity. So it might be, now it would be good that they do it for charity. He's just missing a horse's head, really, isn't he? And not sing- the Godfather. And singing. <laughs> Well, it might be, well, um, you know. But I think it's good that they use the skull, like, even though it's, like, obviously a haunting thing, like, it's good for the environment to use things and <laughs> reduce, reuse, recycle. It's a horse's skull. Yeah, but you, you, I've got ornaments of skulls, like, not real, but, like, you get people who do taxidermy and everything, don't you? And it's, I like the story of this other than the skull. I think like I think it's a nice. Uh, I know it sounds. It doesn't sound a bit haunting. Like I know you said these are like weird jokes and that, but I think it's like a nice. Like it, it gets the communities involved. It's something for them to look forward to. Yeah, I don't think that there's really a paranormal aspect yeah, to this one. That's what I mean. That's what I was trying to say. So with the first one, there's a lot of folklore behind it. Yeah. There's it. It isn't a celebration. It's sort of it's a tale that this can happen if you're not given clothing like at Christmas in Iceland. To, you're scared. Of yeah. It. 
is that you have to carry out this behaviour or yeah. someone's going to visit you. Oh, and it, it, it's age old. Yeah. Um, and there's one, a few, that, like there's that ogre with the Yule lads as well. Yeah, well, with that Icelandic folklore, it, that is a rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. You will find there's so many stories which are, I'm covering in the episode. She seems to every fucking time I speak on this podcast. But I like, I can't say it, I'm not even going to try to say Mary. Um, I think that's nice. I think, like, the telling, like, rude tales and stuff, that's, it's funny, you know, like, obviously it's funny, but, like, the oldie rap battle. Yeah, like, it's something for them to do, it's something for them. Yeah, it's it's a form of entertainment. That's what I mean, and like... In turn for payment. Yeah, so it's, yeah, exactly. It's just like watching like... It's just, it just seems a bit sinister because... Because he's got a skull the way the The way the person dresses. Yeah. There's, there's no real reason behind that I can see. There's no definite reason why that is... the skull. Yeah, it's, there isn't a, a definite cause for it. It just seems to be. Yeah. It's just, it, it happens and it carries on happening. It'd be interesting to find out why, but maybe that in... Like the old Well, I tried days. to find out why with research and I couldn't find out why. <laughs> no, I mean... H- hence why I can't that's give you I mean, a reason. That's what I mean. It'd be interesting to know why, but like in the old days, it might just be that you put this on to be funny and now it's got sinister connotations. Mm. It might not have had that in them days. I don't... It's not a sinister thing, though, but you get... It's good luck. Oh, yeah, because he has to be invited in. Yeah. If, you, if you've made them so, laugh or something did you say no no if you like sort of if they win this this battle of wit oh yeah that was it yeah I like that one I think that one's good okay <laughs> well this is one you probably won't like we our last story takes us from Wales to mainland Europe Alpine Austria to be exact we're going to Austria next year Alpine yeah we are we we're going are. to Alpine Austria yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, early December usually sees preparations for the festive season well underway Children are getting excited and adults are getting stressed. But if one follows the folklore of this region of the world, there is also another potentially dangerous fate that could befall you, depending on if you've been naughty or nice. The celebration of St Nicholas falls on his sainthood day of the 6th of December. Children will leave a shoe or boot outside their front door on the previous night, and if they've been good, in the morning of the 6th, there should be gifts in there, rewarding their good behaviour. However, St. Nicholas isn't the only one out during the night previous night. The night of the 5th of December is known as Krampusnacht or Krampus Night. Krampus is said to be a far cry from his cheery, generous and saintly counterpart. Krampus is half human, half goat and full of evil. He is said to roam the towns and villages on the night of the 5th of December, a sack in one hand and a tightly bunched bundle of birch sticks in the other. Birch sticks. Oh. Krampus targets those children who haven't been so nice throughout the year, and depending on the severity of their mischief, he is said to either swat them with his birch sticks, or if they've been really naughty, he bundles them up and takes them off to his lair. And depending on who you ask, you may be told that his lair is actually hell itself. Even for those who have been good enough to avoid the wrath of Krampus, just his sight alone is enough to convince the most hardened criminal to change their ways. His torso and arms are somewhat recognisable, with human arms and hands, but that's where the relatability stops. His body is covered in long dark fur, 
his face a massive, part human, part animal, piercing out of his mouth a dagger-like teeth, abnormally long but perfect for raw flesh. The pointed ears protrude the remaining wisps of tattered hair that fall from the dome of his head. Sprouting from the forehead of the beast are two large, sharp horns that curve backwards as though they've been smoothed to effect a brutal efficiency when inflicting a headbutt to the unfortunate target. The legs of Krampus are identical to a goat, boasting two knee joints per leg that allow for efficient running and jumping before landing sternly back on his hooves. Finally, the tail that flows in tow, with a serpent-like dance as he moves, both mesmerising and menacing to witness. You'll be glad to know that Krampus isn't alone. Throughout Europe, there are similar beasts that have similar roles. Some example are Hans Trapp from France and Zwarte Piet from the Netherlands. Each have their own traits, but the end results are nonetheless terrifying. As with the other stories, the origin of Krampus will vary depending on who you listen to. Some will tell you that he looks not too dissimilar to figures found in Norse and Greek mythology, and others will say Krampus is part of pagan tradition. One thing is for certain, the people love it. To this day, Krampus is celebrated more than ever, with varying movies, comic books and even festivals. In certain towns scattered across Europe, it is commonplace to see a Krampus run. This is essentially the men of the town getting drunk, dressing up as Krampus and chasing the children of the town. Now this is an age old tradition but something tells me that this has a lot more security and background checking involved these days than it originally would have done. Like when you have to be Santa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Despite the deep rooted and possibly twisted admiration of Krampus, there have been moments in history that nearly saw the legend vanished. Firstly, in the 12th century, the Catholic Church wanted rid of Krampus as he had too much of a resemblance to the devil. Then more recently in the Second World War, as the fascists began to sink their claws into Europe and slowly move their way westward, the celebrations of Krampus were saw as a product of social democracy and therefore had no place in society. Of course, this didn't stop the legend being celebrated to this day and being more popular than ever. It has even spread its veil across the pond and is celebrated in numerous American cities. Although, that likely wasn't the original aim of the myth, as it seems to have spiralled down from a cautionary tale of a devil-like monster through to the modern day getting dressed up, have a beer, and scare the shit out of the people. (laughs) Either way, I think it would be wise to be good this Christmas, as if not, you never know who may be lurking next December the 5th. I think that's weird that they love him now. Like, I remember we done the Santa Dash one year and someone was dressed up as Krampus doing the Santa Dash. That was like the first like time I'd seen Krampus. 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 You don't get Krampus. You don't... If you follow it, like the actual sort of celebration of St. Nicholas, you don't get St. Nicholas without Krampus. Oh, uh, right, okay. The, the, the part and parcel. Okay, so St. So Nicholas rewards the good, Krampus punishes yeah. the bad. Right. So you don't get one or the other. So So technically we're wrong for just celebrating... Father Christmas. Exactly. So we should celebrate Krampus then? 
And I'm surprised we don't. So <laughs> I think he's just very, very misunderstood. He's just, he's just an enforcer of the justice. I was just about to say, I don't think he sounds that bad. He's terrible. He takes children to hell. No. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? No. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he sounds that bad, though. Like, don't be bad. Don't be naughty. Don't do naughty things and then you won't have to be to hell or what What does he do put them in not in a shoe but he put them in something and then oh he takes them he, he carries around the sack like yeah. Santa Claus does yeah yeah or Saint Nicholas oh he replaces them with the branches no he doesn't replace them with branches he hits them with them oh from when you said it I thought he he, let, he took them no like he, he so, took them to hell and left the branches there for the parents. Like, no, he's like, got a, a bunch of branches that he he pulls. He's got tightly knitted together. Yeah, and he hits children with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. so that's why I like he's not that bad. <coughs> they shouldn't be naughty. Then you've you've got <coughs> more useful. You've got a branch than naughty child. <laughs> <coughs> Everyone needs a branch. <laughs> But, yeah, I, d- I think it's good in a way because it stops the kids from being naughty. Like, yeah. even now, like if kids who understand Christmas, you're like, oh, Father's Christmas is watching. Yeah. But that only really happens in December. But I feel like if you've got the chance to go to hell, you might be good all year. Yeah. I th- yeah. Especially, like, Sorry, you were saying about criminals, even crim- criminals. Yeah, that was just me. I didn't. It's not as, It's it's mostly meant for children, <laughs> I think. Um, but what, like with the Yule cat, I think it's even though it may have roots in a story somewhere along the line, I think it's maybe been contorted to be more of a cautionary tale. Yeah, it's more of a sort of a deterrent. Mm-hmm. So kids are good throughout the year, and make sure. They don't fuck about. Yeah. I think it, it is more like the Yule Cat that you were saying, it is like a commercial thing as well. That they um, communist? No, not communist. Yeah, a commercial thing. Yeah. So I guess what the point you're trying to make is it'll make people go out and buy new clothes for Christmas. Yeah, like you, you'll buy everyone a new jumper or whatever because you don't want them to be taken by the Yule Cat. I wonder, I don't know if it's a thing everywhere in the world or everywhere in the UK. But especially around here, when I've been growing up, you always get new clothes at Christmas. I was, just I was wondering to say if that, that is a thing. Oh, I don't. Not not so much now, but definitely as a kid, your parents used to get you new clothes. A Christmas day outfit, you'd get, yeah, yeah. You? I wonder if that's where that stems from. Or well, like even you get like socks or something, don't you? Or like pajamas, you get something. Yeah. Maybe that, is that where like the stocking came from? I know we're jumping stories, but you know, where Saint Saint Nicholas they leave out the boots. Is that where we've got like the stuff? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, it's in a boot shape. Or like we've got a boot bauble there. Is that where stuff has came? Like that type of things came from? I know that's not like paranormal or anything. But, but it's got a, a seated tradition. It's yeah. in folklore. Is that where it came from? Yeah, potentially. Because like, there's that thing like if you've been naughty, Santa will put like a call in your stocking and you don't get anything as well. Mm. So I think it is definitely. Like to drum into your head that you need to be nice, you need to be acting in a certain way, otherwise this is going to happen. But yeah. then you can't prove that it's not going to happen unless you're naughty. Mm. So you would 
scared into not being naughty. Like you're scared to be nice. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think they're interesting. I don't I don't think that any of them are really that sinister because they're not telling you to like you don't have to like sacrifice something. Yeah, to it's be good. it's not saying it's not promoting any sort of like bad, bad. behaviour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's promoting be good or buy a jumper. Or buy a jumper. Not just a jumper, but you know, oh, like Emma, fuck off. It's not, just, it's not the same fucking going buy a jumper. No, the Yule cat is. She said you have to buy clothes. No, you don't have to buy them. Yeah, you have to give gifts of clothes. You don't have to give them. You need to receive them. That, that's what I mean. So someone has to give you that. It means you may have to work hard. That's yeah. the tale. Yeah, true. Actually, yeah, you're right. I know you're right because you researched it. Yes. And then the other one is be good or... Or be funny. Be entertaining. The, the way but then again, no, that one doesn't really sort of make sense because if you don't win, you don't get good luck. If you don't, if you lose, if you win, you don't get good luck. Because if you win the battle of wit and oh, it, it has to go house. away yeah. and it doesn't come in the house, you don't get good luck. Oh yeah, so that's it. That's like. So you have to lose anyway. <laughs> by the point. And then yeah, the then then Krampus is just a deterrent. Be good, or you will get smacked with sticks or taken to hell. Fair enough. My parents have probably said worse. <laughs> Sounds about right. But there's three Christmas tales. They are, from what I've seen, a brief oversight into the world of folklore and... Around Christmas. Around, yeah, around Christmas. There's, there's loads, especially in Icelandic folklore. Yeah. Well, Austria's meant to have... I know we've, you've touched on Austria, but Austria's meant to have loads. Like, they have Christmas... They don't have Christmas Day, do they? They have Christmas Eve, so... I'm sure there's a lot of reason for that as well. Like, you listen to the story, they also celebrate St. Nicholas Day, which is the 5th of December. Yeah, I know. Well, the 6th of December. Yeah, I know. And um, Krampus Day was 5th of December. No, Krampus Night. Krampus Night. But no, I mean, like, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of stories. And, yeah, it would be interesting. But then, obviously, like you said, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Something to look at again. Maybe next Christmas. Maybe next Christmas, yeah. So... You can find us on Twitter at AX The Cemetery. You can find us on TikTok, AX The Cemetery. You can find us on Instagram, Across The Cemetery. And you can't find us on Facebook because we don't have one and we probably never will. Um, but we hope you have a lovely Christmas. We hope that you are safe. You, If you do drink lots and lots of alcohol, we hope that you are careful. And we hope you get lots of presents and the Krampus doesn't take you to hell. Unless you've been naughty, yeah, in which case I hope he smacks you with a load of sticks. Or replaces you like I thought. <laughs> with loads of sticks, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the sticks will be useful. <laughs> hey! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs>